1: So my job, not only do I get to work uh, with the young people, but also communicating to the faithful of this diocese. I work with the media. We work with our social media. We've got a good team here uh, that tries to reach out to, to bring the gospel. But with all of that, it's really been on our hearts to find ways to bring the gospel in new and fresh ways. And uh, when Real Presence Radio came to us in the Diocese of Winona and said, Hey, we we want this partnership. We want you to be a part of this family. I was very excited about that because the opportunity for people to to listen in, not just in in these little moments, but like a a real connection to formation, to that accompaniment, that's what this this offers, a new way to communicate with our people, to bring the gospel, just those moments to feel the grace and the love of of Jesus Christ and to be encouraged. So this is a great opportunity for our diocese diocese uh, to really proclaim the gospel uh, to bring Jesus Christ to all those that we serve.
2: Greatness awaits at Benedictine College. You can see the success. New academic programs like architecture, engineering and nursing, new facilities like the Farrell Academic Center, the Asher Sports Complex, and a new STEM facility, the best of any small college in America. Add that to the many traditions, the thriving faith life, championship athletics, and a leading academic reputation, and it gives you one of the best Catholic colleges in America. Go online at benedictine.edu or come visit us at the Atchison Campus. Benedictine College, where greatness
3: begins. Hi, this is Jacinta Sponskowski with Town & Country Realty in Fargo. My favorite thing about being a realtor is the chance to get to know, to help and to journey with buyers and sellers as they take this important step in their lives. I am available to assist buyers or sellers in the Fargo, Moorhead and surrounding areas. I can be contacted at 701-388-3948. Let's pray together to St. Joseph to intercede for home buyers and sellers in all their spiritual and temporal needs.
4: This is a special afternoon broadcast from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair, celebrating the many gifts of homeschooling. Now, back to our hosts. Welcome back. Uh, this is Michael Goldsmith.
5: I am with Father Randall Kazel, and we have a seminarian here that we're going to be talking to shortly. Nicholas Vance is from the seminary here in the Archdiocese. Uh, yeah, St. Paul Seminary. Great. So, should we start with a prayer for this hour?
6: Yes, let us pray. Father, would you like to do that? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we give you praise and thanks for the life of our Catholic faith in our Catholic Church. We thank you for the presence of Jesus, truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And may you be glorified through the calling forth of many vocations, especially to the priesthood, that your church may flourish, that there may be many for the harvest of souls. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. St. Joseph, pray Pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
5: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Well, here we are at uh, the homeschool convention in this beautiful... St. Thomas University, this is a, just fantastic. I know this building was built just about eight years ago, so it's, it's one of the newer ones here. It's just a beautiful campus. It's it just very beautiful. nice to be up here. And for this great conference of homeschooling, which is a, I heard you talk, Father, earlier, I don't know if you said it on, on the last hour, but, you know, about the church having having us be able to make our decision as to how we're teaching, because the domestic church is... The, the mother and father of the children are the first teachers of their children. So, you know, the church already has set that as, aside for us to say, hey, you, you have a choice in who are you, where you want and how you want to teach your children in the theology, in the spirituality, and, and such. So, I mean, that is just beautiful. So
6: It is, and that's the, the gift of faith. And then our belief in what Jesus teaches us leads to live a principled way of living our life. And so the principle of following Jesus and of sharing Jesus with all we meet and living according to his mind and heart, uh, this one of the ways that it's expressed beautifully in the life of the church, that we can share Jesus and all that he wills for us.
5: It right in the family. I mean, what, what a beautiful way. I mean, you can do that with other, other forms of education, but you're with your children all day long, then, and you're really fostering that beautiful connection to Jesus Christ. So. And we have another connection, and we'll bring it right in here with Nicholas Vance. He's, he's a seminary. What year are you in, Nicholas? I'll be
7: going into pre-theology, too, at okay. St. Paul Seminary.
5: So how many years is that for a discernment to come into the uh, where are you at then? For <laughs> are, I just
1: you,
6: did are you starting in the fall? Or are you finishing your first year now? Just finished my first year. Oh, okay. Very okay. Good year two of
7: six coming
5: up. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. That's a, kind of what I was getting at. Okay, sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> well, Nick, it's just great for you to be here with us, and we were, this is what we're kind of connecting, and I think on this hour is kind of how that how homeschooling kind of t- t- fosters vocations and where we can lead that. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you're at in your in, in your discernment?
7: Yeah, first of all, I'm excited to be here. My brother always told me growing up, you have a face for radio. And <laughs> it was only recently that I was like, hey. <laughs> um, but no, grew up the the third of six kids uh, out in West St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and I was homeschooled all the way up until fifth grade by my mom, who's a wonderful person. And I think she's listening. So love you, mom. Hey, ma. Um, but no, she uh, she's a great educator. Just got her master's in reading instruction. Um, oh. She's teaching in Catholic school now. But okay. Yeah, so grew up uh west saint paul homeschooled up until fifth grade then brief stint in charter schools and finally graduated from a catholic school came to saint thomas um and when i came to the when i came here got involved with the faith community realized oh man there's this huge desire in my heart for priesthood and i can't get away from this but so i just got to follow up this so i graduated last uh last spring and then entered seminary right after that awesome well, thanks be to god for that
6: uh grace and the openness in your heart to listen to god and to answer that question lord are you calling me to be a priest that's uh thanks be to god that you're open to that and that you're following that and one day we pray you know maybe you will be the priest of jesus christ so if that if his will Um uh, how did Can you see a connection, how you, what your mom taught you in your homeschooling and how that's impacted you to continue to be open to our Lord to this day and uh, all the ways, including you mentioned Catholic schools, and Catholic schools are, are a way of fostering uh, vocations, and we, we want to have that be brought out as well because we have many. I went through a Catholic school myself, uh, so that's certainly a part of the life of many priests. But can you connect these for us in, in your own personal
7: experience? Yeah, from, uh, from a young age, my mom was just so passionate about uh, getting us to, to read well and to study and uh, take an interest in our education, and I, I distinctly remember one day when I realized, wait, I actually enjoy school. Like I enjoy <laughs> learning and reading. Oh, and good. my mom's like, yes, <laughs> you got it. And I knew there was a reason. Right? Yeah. Um, but ever since then, I've just had a, a huge passion for for reading and continuing to form my mind. And I realized there are more books than I can ever read. Oh, there's, for sure. Uh, there's just so much depth to the world, and in the same way there's so much depth to God and I'm never going to be able to sort of plumb those depths um, so that combined with the fact that uh, she prayed every morning with us, took us to daily mass pretty regularly mm-hmm. um, we would have priests over for dinner every now and then and mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was fantastic but it was definitely that personal discipleship because my mom is a saintly woman um, you know regular holy hour attendee and, um, but, but her life of prayer impacted the rest of us Children, yes. to you said. Hol-
5: I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but you said holy hour. Did you guys go along with her when you were homeschooling, or was that more her time away? <laughs> you, <laughs> Sometimes you, it, was, it was. It's her kind rest of both. Okay, the restful, yeah. Well, restful. I'm just saying because that's a beautiful. I mean, to mm-hmm. kind of tie that in, you know, about the adoration and going to that. But I know, I know several people that homeschool that they actually foster that in their children. They do an act- a separate hour themselves, but they actually. Foster that in their children, and they'll, and they'll do an hour together as either a fan, you know a whole family or at least the the, the teacher that's mm. you know in the in the homeschooling setting that they will go and do that. I mean, that is that you kind of did that
7: periodically, or yeah, both my mom and my dad would take us to adoration every now and then. It was fantastic.
5: Yep, yeah, it's just a, I think that's a great way. Um, what did you uh, enjoy most about those formative years and learning? through, You know, what did what came through learning and homeschooling for you?
7: Um, definitely uh, spending a lot of time just around my my siblings. I I'm, I'm pretty close with um, with all my siblings, and as, as well as spending time with other homeschool families, that was huge. I'm not sure where this whole stigma about homeschoolers being I don't mm-hmm. know socially ill-adjusted or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know where that started either, <laughs> but it, it, I haven't really found it to be the case. But um, yeah, we. We would meet up with other homeschool families in this co-op and yeah. do a bunch of stuff together my mom would do kid swaps every week with this other family so we you know all the kids would go to this house so that my mom could go run errands and then oh cool we would switch the next week oh we got into so much trouble <laughs> <laughs> so Alright. you're not th- that you weren't shadowed from that then right oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> children my are always children no matter what school they're in <laughs> my sister who was two at the time when we were at our at the other family's house, she crawled into the fridge, got a stick of butter, just rubbed it right oh, into the carpet no. Oh, no just thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> Everybody
5: helped clean up then? Uh, yeah, sort of, but yeah. I was like five at the time. <laughs> yeah, <so>. sure. <laughs>
6: now, Nicholas, in, in your family life, you, you mentioned how your mom would go to pray in the Holy But What about prayer in the home? Now, what do you remember between uh, your, your family prayer and your parents leading the family in prayer? What kind of things
7: stick out to you now that have influenced you to this point? Um, yeah, from a young age, my mom was a huge fan of us just reading the Psalms. Mm-hmm. She said it's it's the prayer book of the church. So usually every morning when we would sit down for our time of homeschool prayer, it was about 15 20 minutes she would say pick out a psalm and just read it and then read it again then read it, it slower and, and now
6: you know from seminary experience that's what priests do priests, exactly, we, we yeah. do that
7: uh, uh,
6: five times a day we read the Psalms and that's part of our I got my liturgy the other books right here in front of me
7: so but no, I, I've come to absolutely love praying the Liturgy of the Hours just because it reminds me so much of being you know six or seven years old and reading yeah. you know taste and see how good the Lord is mm-hmm. from a young age very good any other memories of prayer that your parents fostered in you yeah we would do uh sunday night rosary with my dad and i, I think it was, it was super impactful for me as a as a young kid just to see my dad pray and i'm i'm, I'm kind of sad that there are some kids that don't get to see their their dad ever pray or, or get involved with stuff my dad also is a very holy man oh yes that's huge that's, I that, that's
5: beautiful I, I don't I, I personally don't think I prayed enough with my children so I just that's that's beautiful to point that out that's great well we're, we're here uh, talking at the Minnesota uh, homeschool conference my name is Michael Goldsmith and we're here with father Randall Kazel we're pleased to have him here and with Nicholas Vance who is a, gonna be a second year is that right great second year seminarian up here in the Archdiocese of st. Paul Minnesota. And we are just so happy to be here. We, we are being sponsored today uh, by the Minnesota, for the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference. Uh, this is Real Presence Network, and we're brought to you by the Benedictine College with a thriving faith life, championship athletics, and a leading acad- academic reputation. For more information, you go to benedictine.edu and Benedictine College, where greatness begins. And I'm just so happy to be here this morning. It's a beautiful day out. Just happy to be here talking about Jesus Christ and, and how he's fostering uh, vocations. Thanks for being here, Nicholas. And uh, also Father uh, Randall Cazzo for coming up and being with us this morning. So let's just get back into with Nicholas here. Um, when, when you're hearing this call, Nicholas, you know, when... You know, whereabouts do you kind of remember it coming into you, and how how has homeschooling and things kind of fostered that call, kind of bringing it to flourish and to where you're at now?
7: Hmm. I would say it was it was definitely a desire that I had in my heart growing up. Um, I remember just seeing the the priest at at daily mass and at Sunday mass, and saying, you know, I I, I want to do that, and and seeing how he would interact with parishioners, and just I there was something in my heart that was burning for that. Um, Unfortunately, in my in my high school years, I went a little bit wayward from the faith. You know, I I never stopped practicing, but I just kind of wanted to do my do my own thing. But when I came back to the faith in college, I I realized, oh, man, not only is all this Catholic stuff actually true, like all (laughs) of it is true but I still have this desire in my, th- my heart. I was hoping that would go away. You know, yeah. I could just, like, make my peace with Jesus. Be like, okay, I promise, like, I'll, I'll still be a faithful Catholic if you still let me do all the stuff that I want to do. And he's like, ah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I realized not only is that desire coming back, but Jesus was slowly bringing the peace through prayer, through continued reception of the sacraments. And, oh, man. And that leads to a question I have on my heart to run
6: by you. And so, Nicholas, you're, you're talking about your own personal experience of our Lord drawing you close to him and giving you to know through those inner inspirations, this is my will for you. I have this desire for you. This is your path to glorify me and to find your way to the, your final resting place in heaven. This is a vocation, is our perfection in heaven, toward heaven. You know, what, if we have any listeners here or parents or maybe youth who are thinking, what does God want or how can I foster vocations? Uh, what would you suggest to them? Or, especially I'm thinking of uh, young men who would uh, maybe think, maybe I could be a priest, uh, but I'm not sure. A you know, little doubt, a little fear. Uh, what would you say to them?
7: Yeah, I would say growing up, I thought like priests and seminarians, they were just sort of these mythical figures just in a whole different class, separate from everyone else, like I didn't even know where they came from because I didn't know them as normal people. But as I continue to meet more priests and seminarians I realized, oh wait, no, these are just normal Catholic men who love the Lord and they realize that God has something so special and so particular mm-hmm. for them that they are called into and you know, of course they're unworthy, of course they're gonna mess up, but mm-hmm. the Lord still calls regardless. Um, so I, I would say to to a young man or woman, if if you're thinking about religious life or priesthood, vocation in general, honestly, like if there's a stirring in your heart for something, you have to follow that. <laughs> you can't just be like, Oh, that's cool and then just go on with your own life. That's that can definitely be the Lord speaking and taking that intentional time to discern something. Like God is not outdone in generosity. Like yes. he, he would be so honored. Even if you you are called to marriage, you'd be so honored if you mm-hmm. took the time to meet with the vocation director look at the seminary application, whatever it is. Yeah, and God can use all those experiences, the the time of formation
6: for his glory, for his good, no matter what the, the vocation may be. But to be open to answering the question and to practically seek it with our Lord, and that's at the very heart of it. And then, you know, for... Uh, a young man to be a priest it's a great gift to the church and a gift to so many souls Uh, it's a great gift I relate some to that inner process because some of those things happened to me where uh, I ended up wondering what our Lord wanted for me I was asking him before the blessed sacrament Lord what do you want and that inspiration to follow him come and follow me and then the the thoughts of being a priest and to do this it, it startled me when i heard that when i when our lord was inspiring these ideas and it didn't go away every time i asked our lord it's the same answer follow me and the idea of being a priest and it took me a while to get my mind wrapped around that to get the the that inner sense that uh it's it's not about what i can do it's about what our lord wants to do it's his work and it's his his action and he he is the one who makes it fruitful so wonderful witness there
5: nicholas do we we still hear that on a constant basis I do. I, I hear it in, in my vocation As being married mm-hmm. I'm sure you still hear things You know the Lord speaking to you In your actual vocation That you're in now Father Kazel But then you know To be called to it And moving through that discernment process I mean we're always being called On certain things that, Are we in tune to that are we listening for the, for the Lord when he's speaking to us with the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's,
6: you know... You're exactly right, Michael, because in the, in the state of grace, uh, the, the goal of our Lord is to possess our will in the, in the life of the Holy Spirit. So the ideal becomes, as St. Paul wrote, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And so that Christ becomes the center and meaning of all things. Mm. So looking ahead, you've just finished your first year in the seminary, Nicholas, right? And uh, how did that go? And then what do you look forward to here this summer
7: and into the next year? Oh, uh, it, was, it was so good this past year. Any times that I was, you know, complaining and be like, oh, this is too hard. I guess I'm not <laughs> called to seminary. It was real. I realized, oh, no, it's actually just because I'm selfish and I'm feeling the pinch of <laughs> seminary where they're like, it's called formation selfish. for a reason. Yes, <laughs> for <it>. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a good year. It was a hard year. Yeah. Um uh, but I'm I'm super excited to return next year and continue this process of formation. This summer I'll be working out at a Catholic summer camp as really a good. program director, which I'm very excited for. Excellent.
5: That's great. I, I, I thank you so much for for listening and then and, and then really answering to that call, Nicholas. It's it's great, it's great to see that people are in this world still, kind of. Following that, we need vocations to both the priesthood, to religious life. But, you know, like we just talked about, that we all need to kind of be listening to Christ and where he's leading us. And we need to also be praying for people like yourself, Nicholas. And we do pray for you. We pray for priests on the Real Presence Network here all the time. And I know that uh, many parishes are doing that. And so, I mean, it's just a collective that we need to really, uh, you know, get get to that. Is there anything like you, you would like to add? We have a few more seconds here, you know, just to kind of tie up at the end. Or do you want to? You got anything else? Or
7: sure, yeah. For for parents out there, if you're uh, for your kids, don't pressure them towards a vocation, but definitely encourage them to think and pray about it. Awesome. Yeah, and parents can have powerful prayers for their kids, so never give up. That's right, amen. Well, coming up next.
5: Uh, She's a mom trying to live out her vocation while leading her flock of 11 children to theirs, Amber uh, Sexteser. And we'll share what she has learned through trial and error, grace and forgiveness and about being a wife, a mother and home educator. So you don't want to miss it. So stay tuned to us. This is Real Presence Live and we'll see you right after the break here.
4: We're live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota, only on the Real Presence Radio Network. We'll be back after this short break.
0: Real Presence Radio is now on Amazon devices. To listen to your station, just ask Alexa to enable the Real Presence Radio skill and let her know which station you'd like to listen to. By major city, like Sioux Falls, Fargo, or Rochester, or by signal, like FM 104.1 or FM 89.9. You can also visit the Alexa Skills Marketplace and search for Real Presence Radio. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, now on your Amazon devices
4: feel like your homeschool needs a change of pace? Would you like the comfort of knowing that your teen is learning from faithful, expert instructors? For learning with a faith-based focus, homeschoolconnection.com's online courses just might be the solution you've been looking for. homeschoolconnections.com offers live, interactive, real-time online courses where you get unlimited access to over 400 recorded courses in math, writing, science, literature, and more. For more information, you can go online to homeschoolconnections.com and your teen can receive instruction taught in the Catholic tradition.
2: if you have pastures, you probably have the rodents to go along with them. But before you stress over this nuisance, there's help. Western Applicating Services is a licensed and insured, family-owned company specializing in prairie dog bait application and sales. They sell verminator gopher machines and can put products for prairie dog and gopher control and will deliver right to your door. For more information, you can call 605-390-3200 or visit westernapplicating.com. Western Applicating Services, improving pastures through efficient rodent control.
4: Live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. We now bring you back to our hosts. Welcome back here to
6: the University of St. Thomas. We're at the St. Thomas Fieldhouse for the Homeschool Catholic Conference here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And we're here with Michael Goldsmith. And today's broadcast from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference on the Real Presence Radio Network is brought to you in part by Jacinta Spanskowski of the Town and Country Realty serving Fargo and Moorhead and the surrounding area. You can reach them at 701-388-3948. And Michael, it's good to be with you. It's good and to we, be with you, Father. We welcome with us... Uh, Amber Spexer. Amber, welcome here. A homeschool mom. Uh, your husband is a deacon for the Diocese of Duluth. Yes, and you're with us to talk about your vocation to be a wife and a mom and the homeschool experience of your family. Can you share, beginning about your life and how you experience homeschooling and your vocation?
8: Thank you. Uh, I am a wife. Uh, that is my vocation. I'm a mother. I have 11 children and three grandchildren. My children are a 27-year-old who's married and has my grandchildren, down to a 4-year-old. We haven't always homeschooled. We uh, homeschooled starting uh, after a public school journey and then a, a time at Catholic school, and then we just really felt that God was calling us to homeschool, and we've been doing that since our oldest was in fourth grade. Um, we homeschool until 11th grade, and then we've been blessed to be able to use the PSEO program in the state of Minnesota Post-Secondary Options, and uh, three of my four children graduated high school with an AA degree. Oh. So that's been great. Um, My oldest, the result of homeschooling, my oldest, uh, she and her husband own a franchise, Culver's. Um, my second one has a master's degree in athletic training. My third one is a Marine on Mount Fuji uh, at the moment. Uh, this, the last one is a music ad major at UMD. So very diverse yes. wow. endings for all of them, but all very
5: successful. I think yeah. it goes back talks to what you were talking in the first hour Their Father. Every child is different, aren't they? Every, hey, child, you know? <laughs> every child is a gift,
6: and you foster our Lord, the greatest gift to the human family, and, and see what happens. Yep. What an amazing diversity, but also a ble- such blessing to the family and right. the wider human family too thank
5: yes. you I, that was I like the
6: idea of that culver's one I i don't <laughs> know if anybody <laughs> of my family is ever going to own a culver's but that would be
5: there's a pretty, little bonus
6: I would to say. that that would, yeah, be sweet. Sure. that would be
5: sweet <laughs> good food i love culver's so but it's good to have a catholic you know and then they're, they're, s- they're exactly right. that's great so we're talking with amber sexer and she is a, mo- a mom, a homeschooling mom, and she has the 11 children. and she's just kind of here to talk to us a little bit of how that all works together be, and, and kind of really ties into that liturgical life and how that vocation kind of uh, you want to just kind of bring all of that together. Is that kind of what you're so you know how does that how does that make it possible and get into raising a large family like that? How does that all work together? Amber
8: right. Um, When I was asked to give this talk at the conference, I thought, what do I have to offer? We don't do anything. And then I started thinking, it's not what we do, it's how we live. It's become such a part of what we do, because if you do one thing with a kid, it becomes a tradition. Mm -hmm. And then you want to do something new, because you did that last year. Well, you can't stop doing what you did. You have to add to it. Mm -hmm. So after 20 years of adding to the liturgical life, which is really bringing the beauty and the traditions of the Catholic Church, into your home. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop at the door of the church. What's happening in church should be happening at home as well. In the littlest things, really taking baby steps and start with the, what you have. If you have a lot of Santa statues in your house at Christmas time, that's fine. But Maybe you pull them out on St. Nicholas Day and mm. you don't bring them out during Advent, it, at the beginning of Advent, but you bring them out on St. Nicholas Day. And just make that, that was one of the first traditions we did. It said, wait a minute, we can't do Santa. Well, yeah, we can do Santa. Santa is a Catholic saint, and we need to recognize him as a Yeah, day.
5: that's a good point. I mean, it's a, moving those smaller things into making it a bigger project for the whole for the whole family, and then that then that moves out into the community where we want to bring Jesus Christ to. So, I mean, that just kind of goes from what you're learning in the church to your domestic church that you're teaching and then moving it out into the greater community, which is what we do when we evangelize. Is that not right, Father?
6: That's it just very simply sharing jesus with others and the call of family life is to for parents to receive jesus and to share jesus with their little ones and their young ones as they're as they're growing so uh amber many times i hear parents to move into homeschooling or even in the midst of homeschooling there's a uh uh, doors open and our lord is revealing things Uh, do you have any stories of how our lord uh, gave you blessings and unexpected surprises uh as part of your homeschool experience that uh you discovered in for your children or benefiting your family life
8: um, every day and some days are chaotic don't get me wrong it's yeah. total Our- chaos and you at the end of the day say Lord you were there somewhere in the yeah, middle of the all of that and it could have went a totally different direction um, but really the beauty that I see is when your four-year-old is praying for your 27 year old because they're taking a trip on oh. an airplane oh, wow. when you see your 16 uh, year old come to you and say we had an argument on the bus today at track about our faith and i'm thinking that is a beautiful problem to have you're arguing faith as a 16 year old so it's been uh, you just see that the it's all the little things i feel like there are so many better catholics than we are as a family but we're doing all the little things day by day
6: and what strikes me about that is uh, i hear how your children have the freedom to approach god the four-year-old feels free to start and pray uh your teenager feels free to engage in a conversation with someone who may oppose them and their thinking and their belief and yet they, they, they don't cower in being afraid of approaching God or approaching someone else to share Jesus, but they have this inner strength in their own will to say, no, I can talk about Jesus, I love Jesus, I'm going to be his representative in the world. And that's that's what it is when we've received Jesus because someone has shared him with us, then we receive him and he sets us free to share him with others. And that's evangelizing, and that's in family life what is such a gift. So what... Amazing blessings you're sharing. The
8: uh, other uh, really amazing thing, Father, that um, has come through this that I've really become aware of recently is that the relationship we have with our parish priest, Mm -hmm. that my four-year-old thinks of him as a father, as a family member. Um, that my 16-year-old had an argument on the bus about her faith, and she said, I need to schedule spiritual direction. Mm. Oh, wow. Because she knew she could talk to him in a way that she couldn't talk to her mom because her mom knew the people involved. She knew that she would just get good, sound advice for her as a 16-year-old to be able to live her faith.
5: Yes. That's awesome. I mean, it just brings me, I we had some of those same, my kids went to public school, I'm not seeing, so, but to still have that, I mean, it, it's all about fostering, you know, the faith in our kids wherever we're at. But, you know, that we've had conversations like that, too. So it's great to see that in kids, and I think that's what we're called to do as as the first teachers of our kids is to foster that and bring it through. And, uh, you know, I, I just, that's amazing. Well, I'm Michael Goldsmith, and I am here with Father Randall Kazel, and we are here with Amber Sexer, and she is a mom of 11, and she is a homeschool mom, and I'm sure she does wide, wide variety of other things, but uh, it's so great to, to be here. And I just want to bring up that we are here and we are brought to you today from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Real, Present ne- Real Presence Radio Network is brought to you by Homeschool Connections, who we just talked to in the past hour, offering live, interactive, real-time online courses and over 400 recorded self-paced courses in math, writing, science, literature, and more at home so, connections.com. so if you're out today and you're listening to us and you're at the conference here, stop by and wave or say hi. And uh, uh, I know Father said he had some people that were going to maybe stop by and, and yep. maybe heckle him the, a little bit. They're coming by here. They're waving. <laughs> uh, We've great seen thing. several, I, there, several I, people. One right there, there. there we go. <laughs> One we got right some there, people Judy. waving. Oh, her
6: husband Paul's listening. All right, sent me a text. So, well back, back here to Amber though, yep. Amber, I'm. You mentioned one comment about your experience in homeschooling. Sometimes it gets chaotic, and I, I, in parish life, I get chaotic. I have five parishes. It's chaotic, and life is full. And I find that I need to continually address my, uh, adjust my strategies dealing with my own inward response to those things, and then my outward response to the various things that happen and the surprises that come up and what strategies have you had as a a wife and a mom and uh, in homeschooling what strategies have you had for inside and then how it helps you outside
8: Um, when there's chaos uh, wise priest once told me is just simplify make it easy what what are your non-negotiables and really looking at that and saying what what are the basics that we have to do to get through this day get through this week get through this event Um, what are our non-negotiables for us um, we because my husband's a deacon we have evening prayer together because that's one of the vows that he has is to do morning and evening prayer mornings get crazy but at evening we sit down and we pray the liturgy the hours with him because that's a vow for us that becomes an easy natural thing to do but just saying a prayer in the evening with your children at the end of a crazy day Mm -hmm. is a beautiful thing to do mealtime prayers are, have always been a part of our marriage since we've very first been married. The funny thing is, is when we were first married, we only prayed meal prayers at supper time if we were home. And then through our growing in our faith, we realized we can pray our meal prayer at all the meals mm-hmm. that were together, and we can do it in public. And it's not a like, hey, everybody look at us, we're praying. We try to not do it while the server is at our table, but just to quietly make the sign of the cross, say our prayer out loud, um, if it's in an environment where we don't think we can say it out loud, we say it very quietly. Um, but that's a non-negotiable. In the chaos of life, you can just pray your meal prayer together.
6: Wow. That's beautiful witness, how we have the principle of following Jesus in whatever circumstance we're in. And it's in family life, that's the heart of it. And it seems to me that's when children see that, that we follow Jesus wherever we are, and it begins with prayer, and it ends uh, following through our actions. You know, that's, that's amazing. Chaos, then, can go on. But the order of following Jesus is constant, and it's our our rock of following Jesus in whatever's going on.
5: Right. That's yeah. that's awesome. That's a good point, Father. And I, we do that the same. I love that my family uh, they remind me sometimes. My children do. Hey, we need to pray, Dad, before we eat. So <laughs> <laughs> or they remind you when
8: they get seconds. They think they have to pray again when they're little. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's great. I, that's great. Whatever happens, right? right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's so great. So. Is there anything more that you would like to share about your vocation? I know you, you know, I'm just going to kind of leave that open to you of how you, how you feel that your vocation draws you into uh, to, to what you're doing.
8: Um, I just, as being a mom, I have a 27-year-old, and in 27 years, I'm finally figuring out that each one has free will, each one has their own choices, and each one has their own personal relationship with Jesus that mm-hmm. needs to be fostered. Um, these children are entrusted to us as parents for such a short time it seems like when they're heavy on your lap that they're going to be there forever Mm -hmm. Um, and then they take off an airplane and they go somewhere and they're heavy on your heart and you think it was a lot easier when they're heavy on your lap Yeah, for sure Um, don't cave on your non-negotiables as a parent and be consistent that's that's probably the hardest thing for us as a as a husband wife couple is to be consistent and clear in our message Mm -hmm. Um, but in the end there are non-negotiables they know that are not changing for us because it's who we are as a faith
6: yeah and to keep god first which is what you're saying that god is the non-negotiable cause the work of family life is god's work and family life is beautiful because it is uh representative of god himself the first family the father son and holy spirit the gift of family life and the human family so all that orients the family together before God and in God uh, it, it is a beautiful work right. so you give great testimony do you
5: do you see that uh, you, you talk about you know your differing ages what's your what's your youngest my one my youngest one is 4 years four old 4 year old so you have that that great um, Span, span of, time. of time, yes. And you're talking about, you know, you're moving one out of, out of the nest, and they're and they're moving onto their own. You know, how does that affect the rest of your family? You said, I know you said you the, you see some of your ch- other children praying for them and stuff. But is that a tra- you know a transitional thing that's constantly happening in your house? That kind of kind of flows. And how do you keep how do you keep the catholicity in there, and you know, and keeping everybody kind of focused when? When they're when they're kind of sad that people are moving, you know, you right. get, you get so what I'm have, saying there.
8: I have a boy that's in the Marines, and he is currently um, overseas. And when he left our home, he got on an airplane, and he was going to be gone for an indeterminate amount of time. Um, my one son decided that he was going to start lighting a candle at the church for him when we would go to Mass. Oh. As, uh, as a reminder that where our prayers are constantly before God. Um, the candle doesn't serve as the prayer the candle is the reminder in the church of all those little lights of all those prayers that are being lifted up continually before God and he got that he understood that as as a ten-year-old that um, he lights that candle and that's a reminder that he is continually praying before God for that person that's that's far away from us and we have technology, so we see and talk to our, our adult children often. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the same as giving them a hug. Exactly.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's still connection, and and we. And I think that kind of proves to us that you know we're all connected, even beyond what we can kind of touch and feel. Uh, I think that's what's beautiful about the the communication we have now that we're so connected, and through prayer and through through Christ and through the church, uh, you know. The, hopefully that your son gets, you know, wherever, or your daughter, you know, they're going to, to to their own church and doing their own things, and you know in your heart that they're following what you need to, but it's the exact same thing that you taught them. It's the exact same thing you're doing. You know, that's the universality of of Catholicism, that you know that's being done in a different place with your child. Right.
8: You to- I, I joke with the church ladies that... Um, I can't volunteer this Sunday, but I have six people that I've raised to do that for you. And (laughs) recently I was babysitting my grandchildren because my daughter was in the cities for a meeting with her husband. And then she called and said, I'm sorry, we're going to be late. And you know, moms, how we're like, oh, great, what are you going to be late for? Well, we're at the state capitol lobbying for a bill, Mm -hmm. a pro-life bill that they they were in town. And they thought, we just have to stop and talk to our people. And I'm like, yay, this is so great. We've raised kids. That are calling home to say, I'm going to be late because I'm going to lobby at the Capitol for yeah. a pro-life
5: bill. Yeah. Well, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
6: that's, that's that integrity between what we believe and what we choose to do. And following the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the midst of it. Um, And changing just a little, I'm wondering about something. Your husband's a deacon. And how has that added to, uh, say, your marriage and your family life? How do your children look now at the liturgy and seeing their dad assisting the priest at the altar? Maybe they hear your dad give some sermons or see him do various things. How has that added to your family life and the experience of following Jesus?
8: Um, It definitely has added to our faith because of going through formation. Um, It had added to our marriage tremendously because I was afforded the opportunity to go with him to the classes. I don't write the papers. I don't become ordained. But um, he didn't have a mistress by learning about something he was so in love with without me being a part of that. So we grew in our love Mm -hmm. together for this God and this church. Um, and through that, then, of course, we that trickles down into the family, and then they want to know what we learned over the weekend. And if they didn't want to know as a teenager what we learned, we are just so excited. We we're sharing what we learned. <laughs> um, but, you know, when the 4-year-old sees Daddy up there giving his homily on Sunday, every first Sunday of the month, um, y- you have to train them to not yell, Daddy! <laughs> yeah. If they do, we're in a small-town church, and right. everybody kind of giggles yeah, and thinks yeah. it's great. So.
5: Well, that's – you know the church is alive when you have younger, younger kids in there. So – you know, if they're fussing or saying something, it's, it's good to hear. I, I always think about it in the church. It's like it's not a not a bad thing. I mean, you need to take care of your child, but, I mean, it's it's not the end of the world if something happens. You know, I, so many younger parents, I, so I mothers run mothers of thing.
8: young children, my rule is we just try to get there early so that we sit down, and if somebody doesn't like the noise of a small child, they cannot sit next to me. Exactly. I got there first, so they know where to not sit.
5: Yep. Yes. <laughs>
1: But I think
6: of the beautiful witness because vocational life is about sacrifice to serve the church and w- without giving up or compromising his sacrifice and service to you and to the family and you back to him and to your family. Your children see that. That becomes one of the great hidden catechesis uh, for your children to see. My life is for God. And Lord, where can I give myself to you? How are you calling me? It becomes the implicit quest- uh, question they can have that will come up. And so it will be diverse, but it will also be creative.
5: Yes. Amber it's so great that you were here with us today and uh, we're, we're just so great grateful to be here and alive and a uh, beautiful day out here today at the home uh, homeschooling Catholic conference at st. Thomas University and coming up next we're going to keep uh, we're, we're keeping on the topic of faith as a family as we talk about a program that provides a unique but proven model that helps children and parents become stronger in their faith together, and we're just going to continue this conversation. So we ask that you uh, be with us and uh, continue to listen either on your app, on your phone, online, uh, yourcatholicradiostation.com, or tuning in on whatever radio station we have in the uh, Real Presence Radio Network. And so we thank you again for being with us, and we'll see you right after, after this break here.
4: We're live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota, only on the Real Presence Radio Network. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Greatness awaits at Benedictine College. You can
0: see the success. New academic
2: programs like architecture, engineering, and nursing, new facilities like the Farrell Academic Center, the Asher Sports Complex, and a new STEM facility, the best of any small college in America. Add that to the many traditions, the thriving faith life, championship athletics, and a leading academic reputation, and it gives you one of the best Catholic colleges in America. Go online at benedictine.edu or come visit us at the Atchison Campus. Benedictine College, where greatness begins.
3: Hi, this is Jacinta Sponskowski with Town & Country Realty, available to assist with buying or selling in the Fargo, Moorhead and surrounding areas. Right now, I have three peaceful 2-plus acre country lots available for building in rural Harwood. I can be contacted at 701 388-3948 to find out more on these or other real estate questions. Let's pray together to St. Joseph to intercede for home buyers and sellers in all their spiritual and temporal needs.
4: You're listening to a special broadcast of today's Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, back to the show.
5: Welcome back. We are at St. Thomas University in beautiful downtown St. Paul, and we are here with Father Randall Casel from Pine Island and Zumbrodo.
6: Good to be here, good to and be, good you.
5: Yes, and good to you. Thank you. I know you got several other smaller ones, so... And I'm Michael Goldsmith, and we are here f- with our next guest, Lori Lindahl. Mitt Mueller. Oh, and see, they had it all wrong at all together, so I'm sorry, Mueller. So Lori Mueller, and she's going to be talking to us today uh, about homeschooling and, and those kinds of things. And so let's mm-hmm. just kind of get into that right away, Lori. What's what's? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit we, about yourself first? Okay.
9: Um, well, my husband and I, we have six children and um, they are all now young adults. And um, I'm here today to talk a little bit about Family Formation. Mm -hmm. And um, we first came across Family Formation as young parents. Um, Family Formation was at our parish, and um, we were sitting in the pews and for the first time we heard, parents, you are the primary educators of the faith for your children. And that was the first time as young parents we had heard that. So my experience with Family Formation has been first as a a young parent and then going through that, and then um, as a volunteer, and and now I've been on staff for 12 years with Family Formation. And what Family Formation is, it's a family-based religious education curriculum and model for um, families who have children preschool through sixth grade. And what the... what. The hope and the goal of Family Formation is is to give parents the tools to be the primary educators of the faith. Um, and in that hope is that the family life will be transformed so that the family is living and breathing um, the Catholic faith and just growing closer to the Lord every day in everyday life. So that's the hope behind family formation is transforming the
5: family um, closer to the Lord so it's a secondary ministry that you bring into a church then is that kind of right
9: actually um, family formation um, grew in our parish as a need um, that our pastor was seeing and we were typically they were typically using the the weekly drop-off model and father Tim Nolan was the founding pastor and he said, you know, this model isn't working in our parish okay. to build lifelong Catholic uh, people. What do we need to do? So he gathered a group of people and asked them to pray. And through much intense prayer, this model developed over 30 years ago. And um, in his wisdom and courage, Father Tim embraced this model of, of family catechesis. And it, and we, we used it in the parish years before it ever went outside the walls of our parish and then once families started moving away and had been using this model they would move away and they would call the parish and say can you send us these lessons because we want to continue and so then some of the lessons were sent or a priest would say you know there's this new parish this new family that moved into our parish they really know the catholic faith what is the curriculum you would be using so about 15 years ago the curriculum started to be packaged in a way that other parishes other families could use it and so now there's about 150 parishes across the country that that's have their primary catechism. Yeah. That, that is then. the only yeah on, yep, oh, okay yeah it has very been good the only I didn't I didn't yep. understand that when yep. we were first talking oh, no, so that's yep. great
5: to explain that I did not know that I know yeah. that there's many other different models that people are because right. that because that drop-off model is not working for a lot of people right you know with our busy lives and what have you but right. then moving back towards having having it be the primary primary educators in the faith for yeah. the family, and and, and so it re- revolves around that yeah, then. Yeah,
9: and really Family Formation has two components. One is the, it's, the two, there's two pieces. The first piece, or one piece is for the parish, where the families come together at the parish, and they learn about the same topic. And so, and it's all at the age-specific level. So the parents will go to a parent meeting, say um, the, the theme for the month is delving deeper into the Mass. So the parents will be learning at their level about the math, and then the children will be going to grade levels learning about the math too. And so when they go home at the end of this, they've all learned about the same topic, and so they they can have this common discussion about what they've all learned about. Um, Also at this parent meeting, Family parents are given a home lesson packet that typically contains three home lessons, mm-hmm. and then they take that home and they they are they're given instru- instructions at this parent meeting, and then they take those lessons home, and then they continue to teach the children the faith with those home lessons. Where,
5: where can we find out about this? Is there a website? Yes, and stuff?
9: familyformation.net. All the information is on there, and so um, and and some. and and it is also available just for families too that families could order if their parish isn't using it they could order just the home lessons to enhance what their parish is using
6: yeah Lori, i think the work of the family formation program you have is indeed inspired the fruit of prayer the fruit of of uh, some time of faithfulness and then a little trial and error and i I want to tell you i think you know this but two of my several parishes use this model yes and uh, i saw the same problems that were already listed that i had we had faith formation on Sunday morning at one of my parishes, yep. and I'd see parents drop their kids off, and then mm-hmm. we would have Sunday Mass after that. But then what happened to them? Yep. You know, faith formation is done, but the families aren't coming to Mass. Right. Uh, and then otherwise we had also a Wednesday evening program, the mm-hmm. same problem. And and I was a teacher. I was educated as a teacher in mm-hmm. college. But the, one of the things I always knew is that if we were to teach something that's important to our children, eventually they need to see the model by example, yes. that they, children intuit that integrity and they know what's really important by not what their parents say, but by what they actually do. And so when what we say and what we do coincide, that's the lessons they learn. So the Family Formation Program... uh, uh, assists parents, enables parents to be the primary teachers, but also provides them the tools uh, yeah. to have it be, so. not only do they teach their children the faith, then they have activities, they have uh, uh, suggestions that it may be affirmed, and so much of it revolves around learning the liturgy mm-hmm. and having it be done right there in the home where mm-hmm. the, they have the domestic church being formed, so it's a beautiful gift. I I'm, I feel we're very blessed by mm-hmm. it, and it's a constant struggle. I, I know here in the Archdiocese, uh, Bishop Cousins sent out a letter here just a little while, a few months ago about how we want to try to keep our high schoolers that are graduating this year active in the Catholic faith in college and and part of the notation he had, there's a stat that we lose about 80% of our teenagers once they graduate from high school then they go on to college somewhere they leave Mm -hmm. home and that they stop practicing or they stop being involved in the church in one way or another we're trying to address that by connecting with those teens as they go into college life Uh, but i think the percentage of our young people who go through this program uh, the loss is much less Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a there's a profound success in helping our young people keep the faith when the mm-hmm. faith is integrally taught and lived within the family. And do you have any insights into that? Because you've been involved for 15 years now or yes. more. And what do you see happening as, as a, the fruitfulness of this program?
9: Yes, yes. And um, with Family Formation, it, it, it isn't a one hour and then we, we stop and, and, and then it's dropped. There's teachable moments the whole the whole week and you see different lessons that you've worked on, the activities by your prayer table and that type of thing. But yes, we have seen fruits. We we have heard from other parishes that have been using it successfully. That people are attending mass. Parents are returning to the families are returning to the sacraments. Um, They're going to mass. They're going to reconciliation. Um, We have um, fruits of missionaries. Net focus. Other family missions. People going. Young people going out on missions.
5: Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's great to be here. We are with Laurie Mueller, and I am Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel here at the homeschool homeschooling conference here at St. Th- Thomas University, and we are so blessed to be here and reaching out to you in real presence land uh, with the network. And so we're just having a great conversation here with Laurie about how that how this this program fits into. Uh, fostering better relationship, to which Father pointed out that he has it in his parish, is about really uh, moving into the liturgy better, understanding mm-hmm. the Mass, understanding how that connects with your family, mm-hmm. and how that moves into what you're doing in your in your domestic church, which we you know mm-hmm. we're hearing a lot more of today. Which I think we need to. But it's been a a, a yeah. lost concept that w- yeah. it's always been here. We're a model after. Uh, Jesus uh, with Mary and Joseph, but how do you see that tying in then with like what we're doing here with homeschooling and how does that, you know, this method that you're talking about, how does it help foster the education and the work of raising children Mm -hmm. in in the home? Mm -hmm.
9: I think as parents, um, we forget how our children are learning and many times they're learning from what what they see us doing. And what we say as much as what the lessons that we're teaching. And um, with the Catholic faith, your child is actually learning about the Catholic faith by your actions, whether you're intentional about it or not. Mm-hmm. And so this. Um, being intentional about it, setting aside time to be intentional about teaching the Catholic faith is, is really um, an important component of uh, of a, a family that is homeschooling. So that the importance of not just learning about math or science, that type of thing, um, but also the faith. And actually our faith co- goes over everything we learn. It's part of the lens we look through when we're looking at science, right. when we're looking at math. Um, that is just the lens we look at, um, but also to set aside intentional time to talk about our faith and and is a really important, especially in this culture that does it, that that they will not get that information just osmosis. It has right. to be intentional, intentionally talked about. I,
5: well, I'm sorry, Father. I'm just was going to point out real quick, and then you can jump in. Uh, I, I I never homeschooled, and I don't know much about it. So I mean lot of homeschooling programs and it's getting like what we're seeing in this homeschooling atmosphere and and what's great going on what we're seeing around here but some of the programs have faith formation in it Mm -hmm. and then some don't right Mm -hmm. i mean when you're looking Mm at parents that are trying to uh, figure out what they want to do so does this ties greatly i mean kind of just really forms into something where if you even if it has a, a an aspect of faith formation in that yeah. homeschooling, this is a really good touch to right. have together.
9: Yes. As a whole family, you sit down as a whole family, whether your child's in first grade or sixth grade, you sit down as a whole family and you learn, you talk about this common theme together, and then um, there is a game to play or an activity mm. to do or something you can you, you create that gets hung up in your house. And that you're building holy habits of prayer, um, you're learning more about the sacraments, so it's a more uh, it's it's a more in-depth look at the Catholic faith, and just really really prioritizing and focusing on building your
5: relationship with Christ. Just a great overall mm-hmm. for whatever wherever you're at in your family. I mean, it's a good combination to to, yes. to bring in.
6: Yeah, Lori. One of the things I find about the the family formation program, one of the hidden blessings uh, mm-hmm. that's there. Every time there's the lessons, but it's it's not quite so obvious how important it is. It's fostering conversations about Jesus. When parents sit down with their children and say, let's talk about Jesus, let's talk about these things, let's do this activity, how important that is. And mm-hmm. in parish life, I, I know that how important it is to, to have the courage to let's let's talk about Jesus. And when we come together for our family formation nights mm-hmm. at my parishes, we, we uh, have the adult program. And one of the things I do, I, I leave a good amount of time for parents to talk with each other. Mm-hmm. I will ask questions of the parents, they answer together. They go around, they answer them, they have a conversation about God. And I know that parents are in different places in their relationship with Jesus. They're in different experiences about how comfortable they feel about talking about Jesus. So some parents are more comfortable, some are less, but it's so helpful that we can intermingle all these parents in different spots, and I've seen growth in love for Jesus among those who perhaps are less comfortable, and all of a sudden I see them wanting to volunteer, wanting to do more about, uh, uh, share Jesus in their family and in the broader parish life, and I'm, I'm wondering if you've seen that in parishes that have taken on, but that's what I've seen, and I was intentional about it, yes, uh, but yes. wh- what have you found?
9: Yes, we have seen that, and even and even I have experienced that as a parent walking through that with my own children. Um, being more, you know, my journey with Family Formation, when I first started, um, I was one of those parents who wouldn't have talked about Jesus outside of my home. And, you know, we were encouraged to set up a prayer table. And what I did, I put the prayer table in the corner of my house, Mm -hmm. in the bedroom where nobody could see it. And over time, as we, as a family, as we talked, did these lessons, as we talked about Jesus, eventually my prayer table moved to the center of the home and as our family moved to different homes that house did not feel like a home until that prayer table was in the center so that anybody who walked into that house Mm. knew knew who who jesus that we we belong to jesus what a grace it was a grace and it was you know in a different time we had learned about that we were doing the saint lessons and my and the next day my daughter said, you know, we were getting ready for the day and she said and, we, and she was talking about saints and I said, you know, even young kids can be a saint, even mm-hmm. a, and then she looks at me and she goes, "Well, mom, aren't you going to be a saint?" And I tell you, my heart was <laughs> pierced.
0: What a question. It
9: was. And she just stood <laughs> and there and looked answer. at me and I know and she waited <laughs> for that answer. And so in that moment, God just pierced my heart <laughs> and yep. said,
5: That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So yeah. those
9: are the, just those beautiful teachable moments. That um, I'm just so ever grateful that we were able to experience and as without, a family. Yeah,
5: and without having having this connection and and what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, would that would that actually happen? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Lori, it's been so great. We're we're coming up on the close of the hour here. Yep. Uh, it's very great to have you with us and and a part of this uh, homeschooling. So if you want to check it out, it's it's faith F-
9: family, family dot net. Dot
5: net. Great. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna be leaving father here so thank you father for being with us Yes, thank you for having me on it's been
6: a blessing this morning thank you lori god bless thank you, you.